Crime Time Tuesday. true crime creeps out there um this is tony from double thought dimension i am here with derek i didn't want him to have all the fun so i decided that every tuesday i'm going to bring you a crime time tuesday episode um of my choosing um say hi derek hello i decided to start with the elisa lamb case for a few reasons one this is one of my uh like I have to know. Like, at some point in my lifetime, I have to know. I have been following this case uh, for a very long time. I have spent lots of late nights um, wondering and looking over stuff. I've joined groups and just really tried to dig into this case as much as I could um, because it drives me nuts. Uh, there's just so many different ways to think about this case. Um, and it seems to be exploding right now, which is kind of weird because I've... Um, I followed it for quite some time, and it was not very well known for quite some time. Um, anyway, should we jump in? You good? Yeah, let's just jump right in. All right, so February 19th, 2013, um, the Cecil Hotel in downtown Los Angeles, which is located near Skid Row, um, basically like a street worth away. I actually just visited there, and I can actually post some pictures on the Instagram um, of the Cecil Hotel when we went and visited but on February 19th, 2013, um, hotel residents were complaining of dark-colored, um, foul-tasting and foul-smelling water. Um, this uh, provoked a search of the water towers on top of the building. There were four water tower, or like water tanks, I guess, that supplied the coffee shop, the basically all the whole hotel, the kitchen, everything. So keep that in mind when we go forward here. Um, once on the rooftop and on top of the water tanks, they discovered the body of 21-year-old Elisa Lamb. Elisa Lamb was a Vancouver, Canada resident, um, just kind of taking a, it sounded like she was just kind of taking a break from life and going on her first real, like, trip alone. Um, she was born April 30th of 1991. So she was found um, in one of the four water tanks. Um, she was found nude with her clothes and a, like a particly, I don't know, like a sandy material on her body. That was all with her in the tank. The only thing that was not with her and still to this day has not been found is her cell phone, um, which actually she was borrowing from a friend. She was borrowing a Blackberry um, from a friend as she had actually lost her her other cell phone at another point in time. So she was borrowing the cell phone, but that to this day has never been found. Her last phone usage was January 31st of 2013. And she was last physically seen on February 1st, 2013. And this, this is where the case really gets um, kind of uh, basically why this case is blowing up so much is on February 1st, the, the, the last seen footage of her is actually video footage from the hotel's, um, what do you call it? CCTV. The CCTV from the elevator. That's where I was looking for. Yep. From the elevator. <clears throat> um, on the video, she can be seen making really um, bizarre body movements. Um, she's kind of hiding. Like, the first thing you see is her get into the elevator, and she pushes, like, a straight row of buttons down. So, you know, like, like the middle row down. 
if that makes sense. So starting at the top and working your way down. So about, I think she hits four buttons in the middle, all the way down, straight down. And then she kind of, the, the weird part for me is that the elevator doors never close. They're, I mean, the whole time she's in there, and it is a while, she's standing there, and then after she pushes buttons, she gets real close to the buttons and she's pushing them, and then she stands up and she pokes her head out and she looks around as if she's being followed. Um, but no one else can be seen um, on the CCTV except her. And then she kind of, like, ducks back into the corner, like, back by the buttons. So, like, the, so I guess if you're getting into the elevator, you walk over by the buttons and you're in that, that front corner, but she's facing the camera looking at it. So she's, it's almost as if she's hiding in that corner. The video, a lot of the videos that I've watched, I mean, they're longer, but they've been shortened. And again, that video is on the, um, Instagram account too, so you can watch it for yourself. It's really bizarre. I think anyone who is new to this case, or even if you're not new, just go and look at that. There's so many different theories as to, like, why she was behaving that way. Um, and I definitely would like to kind of go into that a little bit here in a minute, but I want to first talk about her a little bit. So as I said earlier, she was 21 years old, college student. It kind of sounded like she was taking a break from school in general. Like, I don't know if it was to take this trip or if she was just overwhelmed with school and taking a break for, you know, a couple of semesters. But anyway, she went on this trip. She um, was on her way to, I believe, San Diego or something. Or San she was Pacific. touring around the East Co or she the was... West Coast for school purposes. Like, to look to see, check out different schools, I think. I don't think it was. So, she was a college student in Canada. Um, but I don't think she was doing it, per se, for school. It sounded like she was taking a break from school to, mm -hmm. like, you know, mentally decompress and just kind of deal with herself a little bit. Because she chose to go alone, um, which she had never done before. And she was kind of making, like, a tour of the West Coast. So maybe San Francisco instead of, maybe, I don't know, whatever's beneath L.A. Mm -hmm. um, was her next and her last stop, actually. But so January 26, 2013 is when she checked into the Cecil Hotel. And there is um, talk, too. I've, I've seen um, one, uh, like, episode of a show and of one podcast that mentions her, like, when she first gets to L.A., of her being kind of lost and not really knowing where to stay and a kind of random supposed nice citizen on the street had said, you know, if you're looking for a cheap place to stay, the Cecil Hotel is a good place to do that at because it's very cheap. It's in a bad part of town, so you can't get a whole lot cheaper than this hotel. Um, and that guy himself has been kind of, you know, scrutinized over the years too if he's played a part, not played a part, but he's not even mentioned in a lot of the information either. Um, so I'm not going to go too deep into that because obviously, like, if police and other people really aren't too concerned with that guy, then I guess I really don't feel that I am either. He's not referenced too much. I'm sure he was eliminated as a suspect right away. Um, so yeah, so found two weeks, two weeks later, so from February 1st to the 19th, that's 18 days. So that's over two weeks of her last being seen, which is crazy, and then you think her body being in those tanks for two weeks and it took two weeks for residents of the hotel to notice and make a complaint after you know weeks of eating there drinking there at their coffee shop bathing brushing their teeth like just that's overwhelming um another thing that they noticed um upon removing her body which 
I should bring this up too. Removing her body, they couldn't even pull her out of the the lid. They had to cut a hole in the side of the tank to remove her body and so basically drain it and remove her body um, because the lid was closed, which that's something else we'll get into as well. Um, there was no sign of a struggle in the tank, which again is another thing that I would like to go over. Um, but let's start with the um, elevator itself. Let's go into that first. Um, some people believe that she was, um, like, there's a paranormal um, avenue to this. There's some sort of game, like a Korean elevator game, in which you push certain buttons in a certain order, and then at a certain floor, the doors are supposed to open, and a woman will get on get on with you and ride the rest of the top, but you're not allowed to speak to her. You're not allowed to look at her. Um, uh, supposedly, if you make it to the top without any of this happening, I don't, I don't know, she's supposed to like do something like to entice you or something, but if you can do all this and make it to the top, I, I guess you get to go to like another dimension or something. I personally don't buy into this, but I mean... It's a huge thing on the internet right now, kind of exploding with with her story. I personally don't believe that. Another one is that the video of her is edited. Um, a lot of people believe that there is about roughly one minute worth of video footage missing. It's really hard to tell on the CCTV, like the timestamp. It's, it's hard to tell and gauge that, and without proper technology, I can't give you that answer. But... One question I have is those people who believe that, so if you're listening and you're one of those people who believe that and know that and can prove that, feel free to send us an email and just explain, because I would love to know. But like I said, this is the case that drives me nuts. But some people believe about a minute is missing. I'm wondering, is is there a minute, consecutive minute missing, or is there, like, time chunks missing? Because in the video, she's making really weird, like, wrist and hand movements, gestures and stuff that almost look as if, like, I don't know if someone's grabbing her wrist and she's trying to, like, twist them free or if she's, like, just gesturing with her hands as if really explaining something to someone. Because you can tell she's she's speaking in parts of the video, too. Um, but there's no one there. So there's there's um, the possibility that someone is there and is just edited out, um, which I don't think is really all that far-fetched with what we can do with technology these days. I really just don't think that that's far-fetched enough to to discredit. Um, another one is she was diagnosed with bipolar. Um, she did take quite a few medications for this, and upon um, looking into this further, that would make sense, because apparently when she originally checked into the Cecil, <clears throat> she had booked a room, like a hostile room, so I don't know how many other people were in the room with her, but over a couple of days, it sounded like she was displaying bizarre behavior. And then those people made complaints. And so that right there, like how uncomfortable does someone have to be to make a complaint at the Cecil Hotel, which is already a very sketchy, shady, cheap hotel. Um, you know, you're probably I'm not saying that if you stay at the Cecil Hotel that you're a shady person or anything. But if you're there saving money, like you, you know that you're going to have other crazy people, you know, in the room with you, like, that's anticipated to have people who are not like you in the room with you if you're, you know, joining a hostel room. So, like, how crazy did it have to get for them to feel uncomfortable enough to say, hey, 
you know, I, I don't want this person here. I want them elsewhere. And for the hotel to be like, all right, sounds good. We'll give her her own room, you know. One thing I thought about that was uh, a hostel it typically is a, a shared open room. You know, yes, yeah, so you, you stayed in a hostel. I, I never stayed in a hostel in, you know, in Germany and Europe. It's common to have cheap, low um, rent hotel rooms where, but it's just like an open bay, kind of like a barracks or a, um, a shared living quarters with bunk beds. So basically like a studio apartment with like multiple beds or places where you sleep in. Yeah, well, more just like an open bay room, you know, that just got a bunch of bunk beds or, you know, there might be multiple beds in there. But if I'm staying in a hostel, uh, number one, something is, you know, a little bit off. I've got very low money or I'm a drug addict on the street or... um, you know, there's only a certain type of person who stays in a hostel. And, you know, she met the, the criteria for staying in a hostel type of situation because she was a, a single, young, traveling girl who, um, the reason she, needed, she did it... She needed to, provi- she needed to you know, save She needed her to money. save her money as much as possible. So right. that's why she probably chose that. So that's why I'm assuming the rest of the people that were staying with her were also in that same boat. However, in all the things we've listened to and watched about this case, they always just say anonymous roommates or anonymous people that were staying with her in the shared hostel room complained that she was acting strangely, but they never describe what she was doing or the circumstances. Yeah, they don't explain, like, who and how these other people were. Like, why why were they in the hostel room? They don't really go into that, which is also kind of weird. That they leave some of that information out. Um, but anyway, regardless, like you're already in a situation that's unideal. Obviously, anyone would like to have their own space if they're at a hotel or anywhere. So you're already in a situation where it's likely to be uncomfortable in some way. So like, what was she doing that was causing them discomfort enough to complain to the CISA hotel staff that she needs her own space? Um, I'd really love to know exactly what she was doing. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so already weird behavior, which could easily be explained away with bipolar if she's not taking her medications, which we'll get into that too. Um, uh, so actually around the time that she went missing, so towards the 1st of February where she was last seen, somewhere around this time, her parents hadn't heard from her, which was very strange. Like, no matter what, lost her phone or not lost her phone, she was always very good about contacting home. So when they hadn't heard from her for, a, like, a couple days, it wasn't even that long. Her parents um, ended up flying out there to start looking for her. And there was a search done around this time. And they even searched the rooftop. And they had the dogs and everything, and nothing was picked up. You know, there, there was no evidence that she was even there, really, other than, like, her her room and her stuff was there, minus her phone and her, but, you know, nowhere else around the hotel, and I'll get, you'll understand why I'm kind of making this very known, because uh, when they discover her body on the 19th, and they bring the, you know, investigative team in again, and the dogs again, there was a scent picked up this time, and this time, it was the fire escape that you can only access by one of the windows, um, which, 
you know, you'd almost have to know that that window leads to a fire escape that leads to the roof to to get up there. Like, how did she know that? You know? And I don't believe any of the alarms were triggered. Um, the the door to the roof, the, that alarm wasn't triggered. The if I don't, I'm not sure if there was one on the window on that fire a fire escape, but I would assume. You know, hypothetically, I think they did say there was, but uh, they couldn't prove that it was working. I don't believe. Um, but there's just so many little details that like add up wrong. You know, that haven't been disclosed, and I wonder if like the investigative team has just anyways decided to keep some of that stuff private just in case, even though the case is technically closed. Um, but so this time her scent was picked up by one of the dogs. So did one of the dogs the first time fail or why wasn't that picked up that first time? And I believe the second time there was also a ladder to the water tank. Cause these water tanks aren't small. There's like a platform. I don't know how big the platform is. I guess they said it was like four feet yeah, like to get onto the platform. Three, four feet to get to the platform. And then there's four water tanks. The four water tanks are four foot wide by eight feet tall. So she, there's like, if there wasn't a ladder there, like there's no way she could get in there. You know, like she would have to, I, I mean, I don't think she could jump that high, you know? Well, eight feet tall is to the ceiling right there. And she, well, yeah, but she wasn't very tall. Like she, I mean, I'm fairly tall, and I couldn't, I couldn't jump up there. I don't think. No, not, not I mean, to, not enough to, to grab up. You'd to have to and, want it. Yeah, but I'd have to like, you know, grip on and have some serious strength. Not saying she wasn't strong and couldn't maybe do that, but I believe she was quite a bit shorter than me. I think they said she was like five three. Yeah, uh, I don't like even that. know if it was five three, but anyway, without a ladder. But I, be, uh, there's some discrepancy with that too. Like I believe there was a ladder out there that second time. That they um, did the investigation or whatever. So not the first time that they went through, but the second time, and they discovered her body. There, I believe there was there a was ladder. a ladder, but it wasn't. It was just on the roof. It it was up um, on the roof, not leaned up against the water tank. It was just up there. But it was just there. You know, like for maintenance purposes, whoever needed yeah. it. Okay. And then, then we get to the door. So the door is kind of this weird sliding door. It's not very big. I mean. You could fit into it. Obviously, she did. She was The hatch, you mean? The hatch, yeah. The door to the water tank, which is on top of the water tank. So, already she's got to get up eight feet, get on the platform, get on the water tank. Then there's this hatch that you have to open. Um, I believe they said it was probably around a 20-pound hatch door. So, not real heavy. So, I mean, she could easily open it. But then, think if... no, Say there's no foul play. She'd have to strip herself naked, first of all. And put her stuff in there. And then she'd have to get in, be floating in this water, assuming there's water in there. And then somehow, I'm, I'm guessing there'd be, like, some sort of gap. I don't know how full... This is another question that I have, too, like, that, that, that has not gone over. When she got in there, like, how much water was in there? Was there just a little bit of water? Did it fill up over time? Like, how do those water tanks work to to keep water coming and going Throughout the hotel. Yeah, they never really explained if it was a storage tank, because a holding there tank, was... or if it was a tank that is constantly being filtered. Right, and constantly filling and, like, emptying and filling and whatever. Um, but there was one hotel resident that did hear a thud um, that night. Uh, so, I, it was, I believe it was late on the 19th, or on the 1st of February. Um, so, theoretically, just rolling with that theory... Say there was, like, bare minimum or no water in there. She jumps in there 
and she thuds to the bottom, you know, there's no way she's going to get that hatch shut behind her. There's no way. So whether the thud is related or not, I don't know. But it is stated in a couple things that there was a thud heard. Um, so then there's absolutely no possibility of her shutting that hatch, which it was closed when they found it. So two, there's some water in there, or it's mostly full. There's still enough air for her to probably breathe, I would imagine, and bob around in, stuff like that. She'd still have to reach up, out, and almost probably behind her to close this hatch. Um, which again, it's a roughly 20 pound hatch that would, you know, when she opened it, would lay back a bit. She'd have to reach out to that top and somehow fling that shut behind herself. And I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm saying it's very unlikely. Um, that I, I just don't know how or why, you know. And and that brings us to another thing with if there's no foul play involved, what's she doing, skinny dipping? You know, what in her state of mind, you know, what what's brought her to this to think this is okay? But once in there, I would assume mental health issues or not, you're going in instinctually your body's going to try to try to live so you're not just going to just sink and breathe in the water and not try to claw your way out but for there to be no evidence of you know her struggling whatsoever how you know like unless she was i don't know sedated in some way but going we'll go into her toxicology report here uh one caveat to the sure to the being naked in the, in the tank on the last, um, we watched a small episode about the case on Cold Case Files, I believe it was, and uh, they were talking about how um, this was completely anecdotal uh, information about a, an anonymous person who had called into their show on the Cold Case Files describing their brother who um, was from Mexico, who uh, down in Mexico City or somewhere, um, a similar type of situation, he was bipolar, had depression, and ended up in a water tank, or ended up in a body of water, um, and he was stripped, stripped himself down, and drowned. Uh, so they were trying to link uh, the two as being possible um, phenomenon where people who are bipolar and are in a mania state, um, maybe they get so hot that they just need to take their clothes off, or you know they're so out of their mind that they're. All they want is there is to take their clothes cool off down. and cool down. So okay. that is one aspect uh, that recently we saw on that episode that was describing the possible link between those two things as to why she could be naked in there, uh, not stemming from foul play. But that's purely anecdotal and purely um, anonymous information that was uh, given to the show without any other um, information. And I mean, so, if you think about that too, like, you know, any medications one would take for any of this stuff, whether you take it, not take it, there are going to be side effects from it. And sometimes they're extremely rare and they're extremely weird, but it does happen. So maybe, just like that guy in Mexico, maybe something with not taking their meds, because it was shown in her autopsy that, uh, that so she took, I don't know, it was like a handful of different pills. One was an antipsychotic. That wasn't detected in her system, like, at all, which says that she hadn't taken it recently. Her mood stabilizer was in her system, um, as in probably having been taken, like, that day. And then there was a few other ones that were kind of dispersed. Some were, like, yes, she had taken it, but not that day. Other ones had, other ones had been taken, but, but not that day, and then some hadn't been taken at all. So 
you know, out of four or five pills that she's taking for bipolar, possibly, and depression, maybe two, because they kind of, you know, a lot of times, oftentimes they go kind of hand in hand, though I don't think they said bipolar, I don't, or I don't believe they said uh, depression. I can't remember. I know bipolar disorder was what she was diagnosed with, but I thought there was something else along with that. Well, I know because they said what the on the toxicology report what what medication it was, which is bupropion, which is the the name the name brand of that is Welbutrin. Uh, so that is uh, which that is a anxiety slash depression. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and a lot of times bipolar, medication. A lot of times bipolar depression anxiety. A lot of times. Those can go hand in hand. Yeah, and depending so, on the milligrams you take a day, it could help you or not help you, depending on what your uh, condition is. Right. And then some people have brought up the point that, you know, if could, could the medication be out of her system by the time um, she was found? Because, you know, it had been, what, 18 days for sure since last seen alive anyway, um, that maybe it was out of her system. But... From my understanding, uh, I heard this on on one of the shows that apparently they take it directly from your heart, so it's different than like the, the blood in your veins. The blood in your because your heart's a muscle, it like retains it better, and it would take like I think it said something like upwards of six months for it to like dissipate um, out of out of your body. So that was kind of uh, an avenue that I was interested in, and you know tried to find out the answer to. So I wanted to bring that up, um, but anyway. Taking, not taking meds could easily be part of part of what happened to her. Um, this is one of my top theories. My other top theory is that someone was definitely involved and covered stuff up. That would explain away the phone being gone, the hatch being shut, the no struggle. Like maybe she wasn't um, even alive when she put in there, or maybe she wasn't um, at least conscious when put in that would I mean that would make sense you know um I know there was some water found in her lungs but it sounded like maybe not even enough to consider a full drowning even though they did label her um death an accidental drowning but it didn't sound like there was a whole lot of water in her lungs so it didn't seem like like as someone outwardly looking in that that was the answer um and I think that's why so many people struggle with this case because there's so many little, little things that are like, oh, maybe, or maybe not, you know? And that's why you can jump from any of these theories and come to your own conclusion. You know, I think that's why it's blowing up right now. I think that's why I became first interested in this. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just, a, it's a crazy case. And then, like, what was on her body and how did that get in there? I mean, because you would assume that if this particle stuff... You know, if she struck naked, say, right at the tanks, which I would assume she'd have to because she was seen wearing clothes in the video footage, um, she'd have to be somewhere out of sight to to be clothesless. And, you know, obviously if she's walking around a hotel, someone's going to notice a naked woman. So if she's on the tank, takes her clothes off, there really shouldn't be any, like, sandiness or particles on her at that point. I could, I could see maybe on her feet if she was walking around on the rooftop without shoes or something. Maybe then, but even then, would it be that much to kind of coat her body in? I wouldn't think so. Did they ever say what that substance was? No. I don't even know if they know. Like, I don't know if it's sand. They said it looked sandy. How could that be if she was in a tank filled with water? Right. For 18 days. Shouldn't that all be not on there? Well, no. Sand, 
would just sink, you know, just like it would in, you know, the lake or the ocean. It would just sink to the bottom and be there. But this was like, it made they made it sound like it was on her person and, you know, and maybe even on her clothes and stuff. So, like, what could it be? How did it get there? What is it? Like, that's never been brought up, like, as to what it is exactly, like, indefinitely. One explanation for that could be, I mean, it's possible that they were adding chemicals to the tanks for purity reasons, you know, like the water softener, you put salt in there. Yeah. You know. But that salt dissolves. Right. But, you know, who knows how old those tanks are and, you know, it could be related to that, possibly. True. I mean, but it could, the only I mean, way it could to know be a lot of different things. Like, test knows, it. Yeah, who knows how old those tanks are? It could be rust. It could be whatever they coat the inside of the tank with. But then you think that they know almost right away and be able to disclose that. So that's something that's never really been disclosed as what it was. It seemed like a foreign something. At least that's the way it's been depicted so far. Is it's been it's a foreign substance that they're not really sure where it came from, and it didn't sound like it came from the tank. It sounded like somehow, some way, it came with her into the tank. But, like, sand, you know, you put body, uh, the sandy body in water, most of that sand, I would assume, would wash off and then sink to the bottom. So, like, what could coat her to stick to her or, you know, whatnot like that. So, um, yeah, so anyway, the autopsy showed that her blood alcohol content, she didn't have any alcohol in her system. Um, so that wouldn't have, like, reacted with her meds or anything like that um no drugs no no illicit drugs no illicit drugs no illicit drugs at all it was just her um prescribed drugs but a lot of them hadn't been taken um and that's one thing i'd like to know about too because something uh that was briefly mentioned in one of the episodes that i watched just recently said that the parents knew about her mental illness and were kind of more or less maybe not covering it up per se, but just kind of not really talking about it to people. So, like, did they know more, like, about her mental illness? You know, maybe they knew that she had tendencies like this if she didn't take her meds or, and that's why she was on them. You know, we don't know, like, what her, what her normal was. Um, and I don't know if that's ever been brought up either. Like, what was her baseline normal without medication? Was that how she did act without them? You know, was this a, a combination of some of her meds being taken and some of them not? Um, yeah, it's hard to say uh, without knowing the details from the parents and the, the news, the police. Um, all of the information is somewhat lacking um, other than just straightforward, um, you know. Yeah, like, like a lot of the things that a regular person... Or even a detective, I would imagine, would ask, either weren't really asked and given public information, or they're just not saying because, I don't know why, they don't think it's pertinent, I guess. Yeah, I mean, who knows what the report says, but as far as uh, releasing that information to the public and all that, right? hard to say, you know, maybe maybe they went all this. But how easy would it be for LAPD to just accidental drowning? You know? Well, yeah, that's much easier. Then you don't have to waste Well, and like, we were just in L.A., and to be completely honest, it doesn't really seem like the LAPD are doing too much out there. Um, I'm not sure how it is everywhere out there, but and, and how it is on big cases like this, 
But it doesn't seem like they're doing an awful lot. So I could easily see someone just being like, this is what it looks like. This is what it is. Okay, we're done. On to the next one. Yeah, on to the next one. Like, let's call this call this spade here a spade and be done with it, even if the spade is actually a club. And that's why I think the internet is diving so deep and hard into this, because there are so many, even though they're small questions that ne- don't necessarily, like, equal anything on their own, all these little questions that can't be answered would probably give us a really good picture as to what actually happened that day. You know, I mean... Why were those people sharing her hotel allowed to ma- remain anonymous? Why Why is that? You know, were they all underage or something? I mean, why were they allowed to be kept anonymous? And what was said, why has that not been brought to attention? Also, just the fact of watching the footage from the inside the elevator, that's enough for anyone who watches it to be freaked out. Because if you if you watch the the video, you know, however long it is, it's very odd behavior. And it, all it does is bring questions as to what the hell is going on because it appears as if she's talking to someone or she's out of her mind. And without any concrete uh, answers, it just leads to more and more people wondering what the hell happened, uh, you know, which just leads to, I know if it happened to someone I knew, I just want to know what happened. Right. You know, you just, you I, I want, want justice. You, not only do you want justice, you just want answers. Because if this was something, maybe this wouldn't help a person out, I guess, in the long run. But say it was the mental illness stuff. Like, I guess I would want to know because if I knew, I mean, I know people with bipolar. And, you know, I would want to know just in case. So that way I could prevent this from happening again. Or advocate for it, something, you know, because it's it's just very bizarre and it's it's very sad and, you know, the family's got to live with this and they don't really know. I mean, maybe, maybe they did take accidental drowning as, you know, as what happened and believe that. I hope regardless they have some sort of closure and peace in their minds because for I know for a lot of uh, people out there like me, I don't have it. Uh, this is the one that just really throws me for a loop. I just don't understand how so much could be unanswered yet. And so much, almost, the way I like to describe it is so many things would have to go right, quote unquote wrong, for this to happen if she did not have help. Or or was not in some way, you know, someone like someone at the hotel working there or something didn't help her. Or, or do something to her. Because, like, what if a maintenance guy, like, he could easily swipe to get through to the roof or to wherever he needed to get with her. Um, just, I don't think too many things are coincidences. And I think that too much would have had to have gone wrong in the right way, I guess. That's the only way I can think of it. For her to have done this to herself, unnoticed by any other people at the hotel, by any hotel workers, without alarms going off. For this to be an accidental drowning. However, if it is an accidental drowning, I could see her bipolar being um, the reason why. However, I just, I do think that somehow, some way, someone else is involved and knows something. I, I, don't, I can't tell you who that is. But I think she would have needed help getting into that tank. Getting up there. Getting, you know, knowing that that 
window possibly led to the roof or just going up to the regular door without sirens going off and alarms going off. I just, I think there's too many things that don't add up without someone having participated with her. I'm not saying they killed her, but maybe got her up there and then something happened. Who knows what? But I do think someone else was involved. And the other thing, too, that I'd like to bring up is the Cecil Hotel in itself has a very infamous, long, horrible history. So there's even talk of other paranormal things happening, like possession and, um, like, ghosts and demon-type stuff. Uh, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, he was living there um, for part of his killing spree. Uh, it was one of the last known sightings of Elizabeth Short, the black, otherwise known as the Black Dahlia. Um, she was last seen at the hotel bar. Um, numerous suicides. Actually, a lot of people in L.A. actually call it the Suicide Hotel. Um, actually, it's closed right now, and I've heard rumors that they might actually be renovating it to reopen. But as of right now, it's closed, and I can verify that because we just went there, and they don't allow anyone in there. Um, but yeah, the Cecil Hotel in itself is already a crazy place. Um, it's actually renamed Stay on Main right now. Um, but just its history alone, could that have participated in the disappearance of Elisa Lamb and the death of her? Maybe. I guess it depends on what you believe. I mean, there's just so many avenues that you could go down and so many rabbit holes. If you just look, there's just endless amounts of every avenue. So I suggest any of you out there who are listening or already like this case or just new to this case, I mean, really dig into it and let's, I want to hear your thoughts because this is, this is my like big one. This is the one that I, I want to know everything about. I want to know everybody else's thoughts. Do you have any other tidbits that I may have forgotten? So feel free to email us at dtdimension at protonmail.com and on our website, uh, doublethoughtdimension.com. There is a link to the Instagram, which will have photos um, from the case. Going forward, I probably won't do real big name ones like this. I would rather do ones that are a little more close to home uh, for us, um, just because I don't think they get enough traction. And if they're, you know, an unsolved one, let's bring some attention to that. And if not, I just, I feel like let's do some other ones that aren't blasted all over the internet and blasted all over the the news and everything, but this was just my one that I had to go over. It's my it's my one, my humdinger. So if you have anything that you'd like to add or share, feel free to email us. I've got one thing I'd like to add. What do you want to add? Um, you had talked about some sort of weird CIA link. Oh, right. Which, to me, I, so I it always leads back yeah, to the CIA. So, you know, Derek, he's the conspiracy not here. This... Uh, I don't even remember where I heard this exactly, and I tried to look it up, but apparently there's... Allegedly, allegedly uh, pure hearsay. Pure hearsay. Allegedly, there is some sort of, like, CIA um, address. I don't remember what it's called. It's, like, light or white light something address within the CISO hotel. Um, and some have thought that possibly she, like, discovered this, and therefore was killed because she knew too much or stumbled upon something. And for that reason, her death was made to look the way it looks now. Um, 
And that's why, so it's a conspiracy, um, that's a conspiracy avenue. So not only are there a couple paranoia, or not only are there a couple paranormal um, avenues, uh, a homicide avenue, a mental illness avenue, there's also a conspiracy avenue. Um, I don't know much about that one, um, and I honestly can't even remember where I heard that. I could not find any information on that. On the internet. Yeah, I, I think I did try to look, and I don't know. I'll have to look. I'll up, I'll update this, or uh, update the, what do you call it, the Instagram. I'll update the Instagram. If I do find more of this, I'll update it with, like, a Google Maps of that. I'll look it up as soon as I get done here and add a picture. If I can find what the hell that was talking about, if there's a Google Maps of that address within the Cecil, I'll upload a screenshot of that to... The Instagram for you guys, but I, I don't know. It's, I guess it's good that we brought it up, but I don't know where in the hell I even heard that. So don't quote me. Don't, uh, light me on fire here for that one. So yeah, allegedly could it be, who knows? Of course he had to add the conspiracy avenue to that. So anyway, thank you all for listening. Tune in next Tuesday for crime time Tuesday. I have one that's very close to home um, started, and hopefully I do it justice because it's going to be kind of a doozy of one. It involves children, and it's kind of a rough one, but it's local, and I would like to cover it. So tune in next week. Peace out, guys. All right. Have a good one. DoubleThoughtDimension.com. Crime Time Tuesday.